0: listening to Reverse Farm Girl. My name is Kate. I'm the voice of Reverse Farm Girl broadcasting out of Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm originally from rural Minden and I'm looking back on where I came from and I'm open to new positions. This is a sex and spirituality and the Nebraska Life podcast. This is episode one. I'm calling it Introduction. And in this episode, I'm going to talk quite a bit about how I came up with this idea and uh, why I'm doing it. Thanks for listening, you guys. Okay, well, this is my first episode, so I will start with introducing myself. Um, My name is Kate. Pearson. I, I live here in Lincoln. I've lived here this time since um, 2012. I am originally from rural Minden out by Kearney. Um, many people, you know, it's been so long now. It's been over a year since I've made, you know, small talk with people. <laughs> but usually or often when people would say, oh, you're from Minden. What's that? What's that place? And I'm like, oh, Pioneer Village. And they go, oh, yeah, that's it. So you've probably seen on the interstate the uh, advertisements for Pioneer Village. When I was a, a kid, the cool kids, I guess, um, would call it Peeville. My grandma would always talk or often talk about going out to Pioneer for church or um, eating. Anyway, that's where I'm from. My dad is a retired farmer out in Kearney County. My mom uh, was a middle school teacher for most of my childhood and um, a lot of my adulthood, too. Um, I live in Lincoln now. I have two kids. My son will be 15 later this month. My daughter turned 13 in February. Um, I'm married to a guy named Jay, who is a great husband. <laughs> um, I, I guess it's relevant. He's quite a bit older than me. He's 23 years older than me. Um, he, we met in Arizona, where I actually lived in Arizona for 10 years before I came back here in 2012. Um, I'm a a Nebraska girl, Minden Public Schools all the way. (laughs) I've only uh, ever gone to UNL. I um, am a grad student there. I've been a part-time grad student for a long time, and I'm working on my advanced degree in uh, creative writing. Um, But anyway, I've always wanted to... um, have a, a popular audience for some of my ideas. I consider myself an aspiring theologian. So here we are. I'm excited to be here on my sex and spirituality podcast. I'm calling it Reverse Farm Girl, <laughs> because like I, already, I said, I am a, a farm girl. Although I always joke that <laughs> I actually lived in town until I was two. <laughs> I have three younger siblings and they lived their entire life or their childhood in the country. Like my parents moved out to the country in 1980 when I was two (laughs) and my sister was born in 81 and the others born a few years later. So I always, you know, had a little bit of quote unquote sophistication (laughs) that they never had since there was a time where I lived with my parents in town. But despite my my birth and my first two years in town, I do consider myself from um, from the country. I am a, a farm girl, and I got the the idea for the title. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the title for this podcast. I got the idea from. <laughs> All right, I'll just get get right into it. Right, um, the sex position reverse cowgirl. And my grandpa was a cattle rancher, so these it's funny these things are are close to my heart in a way, but I could not call myself a cowgirl. so but I got the idea from that that position and you know I actually I'll say, I'll say, we're getting right into it again. My favorite position is girl on top. So that that's a good, I, I feel like one of the things I am is a, an aspiring feminist. So let's start with girl on top. Am I right? <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I considered some other titles before I settled on reverse farm girl. Oh, I also call it that because my my tagline is, I'm looking back. On where I came from, and I'm open to new positions, and also with the word reverse, there's some idea of conversion, which is a, an idea that I'm interested in. I, I'm going to talk some, yeah, quite a bit about like how I was the spiritual environment in which I was raised out in Minden, and kind of the the culture, the spiritual culture that I know quite well. And I have a lot of respect for and interest in that culture. Um, so that, and it's part of who I am, but I have also turned from that in in many ways. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to kind of balance those two. I've definitely converted. There's the idea of turning toward God. And I feel like, and I'll get more into all this later, but I feel like I've become a lot closer to God, even though, or although or even because, I have be turned away from some of those things that I grew up with. Even though I, I respect them, I kind of look at things differently now. So anyway, I am reverse farm girl, but you can call me Kate. <laughs> and um, here's some other titles. I considered actually Venus. Oh, shoot. I always say Venus on the Plains. No, Venus of the Plains. You know, like the, the state capitol, penis of the plains. See, part of the reason that I am doing this podcast is I was always the kid who never got those jokes. Like I remember when I came to UNL in the fall of 1996. I always say, never was there a more clueless pers- person who washed up on the steps of the student union as I was in August 1996. Anyway, I arrived in Lincoln and I guess it's like a cool thing to talk about, you know, if you're a college freshman, oh, the penis on the plains. <laughs> and I didn't get it. I mean, I sort of had an idea, but I had I had never seen an erect penis before, so I didn't realize or know how much that, how true that saying is. So I was always the one that was like maybe laughing a little on the outside, but on the inside, this is how it always was with like sex references. Like I just didn't know what everybody else was laughing about or what was so funny. Um, So I thought of saying calling myself Venus of the Plains, because I'm, you know, a girl, girl of the Plains talking about the spiritual life and how sexuality relates to that. But my experience is not very Venus-like. Like I, part of my thing is I don't actually have a lot of uh, sexual or romantic experience. So I didn't want people to write write in like I'm some big love expert or <laughs> some sex expert, um, like I was a real Venus because my life experience has been decidedly un-Venus-like. So I'm like, mm, that doesn't really, that's not really who I am. So I had to scratch the Venus of the Plains. I also considered this one, when I floated it on Facebook, this one got some laughs. And all of us from, no- I remember in second grade, we had to learn all this stuff, you know, like the state bird, Western meadowlark, et cetera. <laughs> so my, another title I considered was, what's a goldenrod?" As we all know, the goldenrod is the state flower. And, you know, you can call a a, a penis a goldenrod because, you know, Like when I was younger, I'd be like, why is everybody laughing? I don't understand the part about the rod. <laughs> that was really me. And it is, you know, golden in its way because it, it is magical. It can be <laughs> in a way. So I thought about what's a goldenrod, but that... <laughs> That seemed, again, maybe even a little too masculine-focused, and that's not what I wanted. I also considered um, plat-chested, and then in parentheses, not really, because I grew up over by the Platte River, and I am not flat-chested. I'm going to speak at length about my breasts. I'm actually quite the opposite of flat-chested or plat-chested. So I considered all of these, but I thought Reverse Farm Girl was just so perfect, ultimately. And so I went with that. So I am Reverse Farm Girl, and I'm hoping to, to develop a community, truly. Like, that's my goal, a, a community where we talk about um, sexuality and spirituality, how it relates, how they're interconnected, and how your own sexual discoveries have... Um, played into your spiritual life. And I'd first like to I um am a part-time Writing Center consultant at SCC, and in Comp Two, in in particular, Composition Two, the students often have to talk about ethos, pathos, and logos, and a lot of students are confused about what that what that is. And I used to be confused about it too. So, I've worked with a lot of students on what does ethos mean? What does pathos mean? So I'm going to share right now a little bit of my ethos. Why am I qualified to host this show? Because as I said, I am not a Venus of the Plains. Um, quite the opposite. So what I've spent most of my life doing, honestly, group, is reading. Like I've... I've loved reading, really, for as long as I can remember. And I was thinking about, I'm writing this book. I, I'm, a, like I said, a creative writing grad student, and I'm writing my dissertation about my, my early life, kind of related to these sexual, spiritual topics. And when I think back on my school years, the first thing that comes to mind is what book I was reading at that time. Like, So I've always been obsessed with reading. If there's one thing I've devoted my life to, it's that. So I And I used to be an English teacher. Well, I still sort of am. I was a high school English teacher before my kids were born, but that was a while ago. Um, And I'm a writing teacher, so I'm comfortable with all that stuff, and I love it. And I've had the thought, should I maybe be a math teacher? Because writing and English has always been super easy for me. There was this kid from Minden a few years ago, Older than me, that I remember people said about him that he played the trumpet so well that he could play the trumpet and talk at the same time. <laughs> and that's kind of how it is for me with like reading and writing. It's so fun and so easy. I can do another thing at the same time. <laughs> Whereas like math or so, those kind of things are not easy for me. So I'm like, maybe I'd be better as a math teacher because I wouldn't be like, how hard is it? You know, just do it. So I like to think that maybe I am a good guide in this sexual inquiry spiritual inquiry podcast because I actually don't know that much about sex. I mean, I'll say it. This is I very this is very much an inquiry for me. Um and something I want to talk about is the concept of humility. Like I think about this a lot in terms of the spiritual life. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, are women supposed to be humble? I mean, aren't we supposed to be assertive and, you know, take charge of our lives? But I've thought about this literally for years, trying to figure out my own definition of humility and is it good? And where I am right now is that I've read that humble or humility comes from the root of to be on the ground. So, like again, I'm going to talk about the Bible some, but I talk about it in terms of metaphor. And you know, in the Bible, the Adam and Eve came from the earth, like created of the ground. So, and I read a lot, and I studied quite a bit of Jewish theology. I'll I'll say I'm a a student of Jewish theology. So, I think humility, and I know in Jewish theology, at least what I've learned, um, is that the the major thing is to live in relationship with God. And again, <laughs> to use grad school language seems like every single thing has to be unpacked. And even the word God has to be unpacked. I, honestly, I'm still kind of on that journey of am I a mono do I believe in monotheism? I honestly don't know. There's just so we humans need so much help in so many areas. So I don't know. That is still a question in my mind. But I know the the Jewish people, the Jewish tradition is very monotheistic. And I'm taking this concept from that idea that to live in relationship with God is to be humble or to have humility. And for me, I I really started on this sexual inquiry journey about mm, four years ago, three, four years ago, things kind of started happening. About three years ago, I started writing about it more seriously. Um, And really this whole, I I am an avid prayer journaler, journalist. (laughs) And um, this whole sexual inquiry that I'm going through has really brought me closer to the divine. So I believe like I had to open myself up, not only to God, but to like the community. That's what I'm doing right now about the, I always say the depth of my own ignorance. And that's where I really began a relationship with God, kind of talking through some of these ideas and struggles I'm having in this area. Um, and for me, that is, that's where I found my humility, which has actually given me strength. In in a way, I believe that one of my, my views on spirituality is that if we live in relationship with God, if we're kind of, if we're, if we humble ourselves before the divine, we get we get stronger because of it, and for, I found that through through the concept of inquiry in this area. So that's where I'm going to to take this podcast. Um, you know, it's dangerous, and I don't don't believe that any human can has the last word or really any word on the quote unquote will of God. But I can say, based on my own experience, and everything I say, I don't want it to apply to everyone. I'm just speaking from my own experience. For my own personal relationship with God, it is not the will of God to live in complete ignorance. <laughs> two things come out as the will of God for, in my experience. Um, number one, knowledge. And number two, community. Community. I have been become a lot closer to a lot of people as I've explored this topic, and that's been, it's been a holy experience to me, and I hope to, to bring that to the people as I, as I lead us through, I hope, or uh, maybe not even lead, but just um, am there and present, the old again, the Old Testament language of here I am, to, to be here as a, a place where we can have inquiry about these topics. So that's that's where I'm a guide because I, now I will go into a bit of how I didn't know anything, <laughs> and a lot of it truly is. I mean, there's so many things that go into this. Um, I'm going to talk later in this podcast, in the, not this one, but in this series, about some of the spiritual um, influences of my culture that I grew up with, it, uh, the Puritans, um, John Calvin, St. Augustine, <laughs> the Bible itself. Like, I have a lot to talk about. I grew up um, in a traditional Protestant uh, uh, Presbyterian family in Minden. And um, there was never any, like, explicit, like— um, don't be sexy. Like, I don't think anyone ever said that to me. But I never got – I never felt the strength and the, the sexuality of my own body. Like, I never <laughs> – like, a few years ago, I was at the um, – at Harmon Park in Kearney with my sister and my brother. And I kept looking at these lifeguards and how amazing they looked <laughs> in, like, their little bikini bottoms. And they must add had on, like, tank tops and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister's like, Kate's checking out the lifeguards. And I was like, you guys, could I have been like that? <laughs> like these girls, they just look so good. And literally when I was 18, I had no idea, no idea how to inhabit my body which is, like a lot of it is sexual, but just just I had no idea to, how to be a physical person with a body. <laughs> like, I, I talk a lot about my breasts. And when I was in seventh grade, I remember riding the bus to school. It was the first day of school in seventh grade. And we lived in the country, and I was riding the bus to town, and I was wearing a a sleeveless sweater with big pink and white stripes across the front. And I remember mentally noting that I wasn't wearing a bra. I remember thinking something like, oh, it's the first day of seventh grade. I'm not wearing a bra. Maybe I noticed some other young girls wearing a bra. I don't know, but I remember noticing I didn't. And then I was thinking about this. After that, in seventh grade, when was the next time I thought about my breasts? And then I was like, uh, maybe when I started sleeping with my husband 15 years later, like I, I don't recall thinking about them or noticing them, or I don't recall any, I'll say relationship with them, like a, a holy relationship with one's body. Like I, earlier this winter, I posted a picture on Facebook of me and IBA basketball in, winter 1996 in January I was almost 18 and I in this picture I'm wearing a big you know 90s style t-shirt from um, a camp I used to go to in Holdridge and it's all big and bulky and but you can see the outline of my breasts underneath and I have I have really nice breasts you guys That's one of my spiritual concepts. But I didn't know. I didn't know when I was 17 how to handle it or, you know, when I was 25, 30, etc. I didn't know how to handle my breasts like you can see in this picture of me as a, a young woman. I'm at IBA intramural basketball. I'm not wearing a sports bra. And if I really think about it, I can kind of picture the the bra is wearing at that time. Well, sort of. It was just a, I guess, regular bra, but there I was, I assume, like bouncing around completely unsupported. Like I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just didn't know how to have a relationship with my own body. In particular, the 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 female parts. So I just like I guess ignored them. Just they didn't exist for me. Um I was talking to my the woman who does my hair, who's was a baseball mom with me with my son, and we talk about this kind of thing. And I was, I was asking her, uh, or she, I, I can't remember who brought it up first, but we were talking about being sexy. That's that's one of our favorite topics, because I only started feeling sexy in the last I don't know 18 months, <laughs> last couple years. Um, and my friend said what makes you feel sexy? Is it the clothes? And I said, no. It's that now, and I I just turned 43 this winter, in my 40s, I have finally become what I consider a whole person. I probably the, I don't know, I go back and forth, like what came first for me, what's easier for me, the mind or the spirit. I've always had like kind of a Um, bubbly, I guess, personality. I've always had a lot of energy and excitement for life. Um, And I've always like loved reading and thinking and all that. So I suppose I'm like the intellect kind of came first. Although again, I don't know. But for me, the body just lagged so, so far behind. (laughs) It's like my body was on a different plane. Um, And now finally, I'm whole, mind, body, spirit, and then those all those three concepts come together, and then that I'm finally a whole woman, and that's how that's why I feel sexy. So I want this to be a a community podcast, and I would like to hear from my readers who can my see see. I already say readers, my listeners. When did you? start feeling sexy. Like, maybe you started feeling sexy when you were 16 or something completely different from me, or maybe you're not there yet. Or do you feel sexy or why don't you think you do? Um, And why? Why do you feel sexy or why don't you? So for me, it was the coming together. This is why this is a spiritual podcast. And I'm going to talk more about this as time goes on, because I strongly believe that it's wrong. In the Christian tradition, that there's such an influence emphasis on like the the sins of the flesh, like oh the flesh, oh your body, oh no, (laughs) because I did that maybe unconsciously, I don't know, but for a long time I lived without my body, and I was that's not right. Like once I became my body became part of me, and my sexuality became part of me. That feels, in my experience, much more like the will of God. So that's, that's kind of the, the premise of this podcast. Um, I will say there's a little bit of an upside, I guess. I mean, I'm, uh, this is my spiritual side, and I guess being an American, I'm always trying to be positive. So what's the plus side of not knowing your body? Like sometimes you guys truly, I feel super sad. I regret so much that I couldn't be some hot 18-year-old back in the day <laughs> because I didn't know how I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be in my body. But, you know, I have to settle for being a hot 43-year-old because like they say it is what it is. Um, but the upside is I don't miss the body I had in my late teens or early 20s or even my 30s, because I never looked. I, I really wish I had a photo of myself when I was 20. Like, what did I look like? What did my body look like? What did my, you know, my breasts look like or my bottom or my waist or my hips? I don't know. Like, I had a friend when, when I um, gave birth or after I had my son, she said my body looked better after I had my kids. And both my kids were avid breastfeeders, like I breastfed them both for a long time. So my body is like done a lot of these things. And I think it looks really good. (laughs) It looks kind of, kind of young too. like the my skin looks quite young, because again, I, oh, another of my things is like last summer when I was 42 was the first time I ever wore a bikini, a two piece. So I like missed out on, um, I never went, you know, tubing down the river in a bikini like a lot of people do. I just, I, had the metaphor in my mind is a faucet. Like I just turned off all of that. Anything related to the body, just turned it off and just read books continually so the upside is I have kind of a young looking body that's rarely seen the sun and for some reason like it, it it's held up really well genetics i suppose so that's good i don't um i don't miss the body that i had 20 years ago because i didn't i didn't know the body i had 20 years ago so that's a plus side so that's about where we are let me um check My list, Did I I uh, went over everything I want to go over, but that's where we are right now. Um, In the future, I'm going to be talking about, in case you want to read along (laughs) the next few episodes, I'm going to be talking about the writing of this translator named Sarah Rudin. Right now, I'm reading a book that she translated, maybe you've heard of it, the Gospels, <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that says some things. I mean, they're notable for the, the, the way that female sexuality is not there. Like, again, one of my main ideas of this podcast is Christianity. I have a ton of respect for certain parts of it, especially the, the social part of it, like the, the idea of, you know, equality, and the idea of abolishing poverty, like these are beautiful Christian ideas. I actually wrote my master's thesis on um, Dorothy Day, who was a 20th century social worker, journalist who believed in voluntary, voluntary poverty and do, being what I consider hardcore Christian, like truly dropping everything and following Jesus. I have so much respect for that ideal of the church. But one of my beliefs is that Christianity is not about female sexuality. It's like that that was not when that came about, you know, 2000 years ago, there wasn't the idea of female sexual empowerment or being a sexual subject in your own life that just for complex reasons that I maybe I think I'm going to talk about when I read talk about this book, the Gospels that just wasn't a part of life. I mean, things have changed since then. So Christianity covers a lot of great great ideas, but it doesn't cover everything. So I think there's kind of a, a hole in our spiritual culture and our spiritual life um, that I I want to talk about. You know, here in in Nebraska based on my experience and of course I want to bring other in other voices too but my main premise is that it is something important to talk about as a community so anyway that's that's the first episode tune in two weeks from now and I will drop another thanks for listening crew bye You all, I'd love to hear what you think and you feel about all of this. So please get in touch with me. You can send me an email at reversefarmgirl at gmail.com. Or you can find all my socials at reversefarmgirl.com. I'd love to hear what you think and what you feel. Um, I really, like I said, I want everyone to, to be talking about these important subjects. So please get in touch. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Garrett Hope for my theme music. Thank you to Katie Neeland at Katie Neeland Art for my logos and thank you to KZUM for the platform and opportunity. Love you guys.